0: Pray to me, Tell me to your bed. And welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host Erin Pym, as always, and I am the producer of the theatrical variety show Bedpost. Here at the podcast, I invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond to indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. This week, I have a very special guest. She is a sex blogger, a sex writer, a sex journalist. <laughs> A whole bunch of different types of sex writers. <laughs> Kate Sloan. <laughs> Hello. Hello and welcome.
1: Thank you.
0: For people who aren't even aware, what
1: is a sex blogger? So put simply, it's someone who blogs about sex, but... Um... My sort of crew of of friends of, like, sex blogger friends, a lot of us are really about social justice and advocating for consumers, like, in the sex toy industry. So, like, a lot of us are doing things like calling out companies that are using shitty materials that are bad for your body or that use uh, sizist or racist marketing and stuff like that. But for me, I think of it as, like, I blog about a lot of different things. Not just sex, but also, like, relationships And psychology, and fashion, and beauty And so I think of it as, like, I write about everything That informs my sex life, and that I think is informed by my sex life So for me, it's, like, a really broad Category,
0: yeah, and how I came across you is you are a now you're a fellow podcaster. I am right. I have joined your ranks. <laughs> yeah, my my high high ranks. Uh, no, um, and that podcast is called the Dildorks. The Dildorks, and uh, tell me a bit about that.
1: Yeah, so uh, my best friend in the world is a person named Bex. They are a non binary, queerdo, kinkster uh, <laughs> friend. From...
0: Queerdo, I like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know if it would be confusing for folks that they use they them pronouns, so I'll just say that they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, just so folks don't think that I'm talking about multiple people when I talk about backs. Yep. It's not like a Becks. Beck and then multiple. <laughs> multiple Becks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're also a sex blogger and uh, we met at a sex bloggers retreat last year. And oh. then later in the year we had an impromptu threesome at a uh, sex conference
0: and then just kind of became best friends instantly. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Because from listening to the podcast, I feel like you guys have known each other forever. Yeah. So that's like really cool information to know that you... You met a year ago
1: Yeah, it's it was weirdly one of the like great love stories of my life Despite being completely platonic Because it was this moment of like We had been stalking each other on Twitter for a long time And every time I saw them tweet I would just be like, I totally agree with what they said or yeah. like, I've totally felt that too And then we connected at these two events And the
0: threesome really like sealed the deal Just best <laughs> friends forever <laughs> Only the best besties can fuck together <laughs> <laughs> It's true Wow. So when you, what happened when you finally met each other? Was it like a fan, fan person moment?
1: A little bit. Yeah. It was actually, we had this awkward moment at the sex bloggers retreat that we were at where like, I wanted to become better friends with them, but I hadn't really gotten a chance to connect with them. And I was getting ready for like a sexy photo shoot that we were going to do because we had a photographer there. Mm. And I said to Bex, do you want to come do your makeup with me? Because like as a femme person, like... That's a way that I, like, bond with who I perceive to be other femme people. And I didn't know at the time that they did not identify that way, Mm -hmm. don't even identify as female. Um, so they were like, I don't think I'm going to wear makeup, and I, like, took that as a rejection. And and you're like, oops. (laughs) I was like, I guess you don't want to be my friend, cool. Um... then you know the threesome we recovered <laughs> <It was
0: funny. laughs> your friendship just recovered I love yeah. it what was I'm very interested as well what was the sex bloggers retreat conference <laughs> what, what's that like
1: so it was called dildo holiday yeah um, it was organized by Bex and a couple other sex bloggers that we know, um, and it was seven sex bloggers in, like, a beach house, Airbnb that we rented in, oh my god. coastal Oregon. Oh my god. Um, so it was really awesome because we did, like, some skill sharing, we also just did, like, fun sleepover party time. Yeah. then, like, kind of the highlight was that we went to a glass-flowing studio and made our own glass
0: dildos. Wow! Yeah. That's the coolest! I know. It was oh awesome. Do you, do you use it? The dildo you made, or is the it kind of crappy? I made, it's, it's like
1: huge, it's yeah. like really big. Yeah, like it was like in, my eyes are bigger than my vagina kind of situation. Because I was looking at what the guy was making for me, and I was like, "Can you make it like more curved and like bigger?"
0: Just bigger, yeah. Just so bigger. I,
1: I've used it like twice. Like it's very beautiful.
0: It's mostly a display piece for me. Yeah, I have to really be in the mood to work <laughs> up to it. <laughs> Size queens in the house. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing! Blowing your own dildo. <laughs>
1: I have not, in fact, blown it no. as in
0: put it in my mouth,
1: so maybe I should
0: do that. You should, and I know you're a fan from the uh, podcast. You're a fan of puns as well. I am. Yes, <laughs> you literally blew your own dildos. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So uh, I'm very interested to tell people like how you got into doing what you do because mm-hmm. you've done a few things in the field, mm-hmm. from what I can ascertain from listening to the Dildorks <laughs> podcast. I'd love to know how you got in everything. Where all begin. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, my therapist has asked me this question, like, why have you been so obsessed with sex your whole life? Yeah, right. I'm like, I don't know. Um, when I was, like, eight or nine, I like, I discovered the internet and was just very obsessed with sex. Yeah. Which is, like, I guess relatively normal for a young person, but for me it was, like, it wasn't even, like, a titillated... You know, furtively masturbating. Although I was doing that too, but it was more of like an academic, like intellectual, nerdy interest in sex. Wow. Where I was like, I wanted to know about the physiological responses and like the psychological side of things. Maybe not at eight or nine, but like, you know, as I grew up, I started to get really nerdy about it, and I listened to a lot of like sex podcasts when I was like twelve or thirteen. What did you listen to? uh, Sex is fun. Do you know that one? No. Okay, so I was like. Big nerd about that show When I was 12 Sex is fun Yeah Do they still do it? No It went off the air Like years ago But I did earlier this year Get to meet the host of it
0: Who I've had a crush on For
1: like 12 years And uh, we went out for coffee in Minneapolis, and it was the best.
0: Oh, man. I'm uh, on top of the Dildorks podcast. I have a really new podcast I'm into. It's called Sex Talk with My Mom.
1: That sounds awesome. Have you heard
0: of this? Oh, my God. It's so funny. It is a mom and a son doing a podcast, and they talk about sex and sexuality, dating and relationships, but, Mm. like the dynamic between them is so very funny. Like he, she just embarrasses him and like he mm-hmm. chastises her. It's just like a really funny relationship. <laughs> um, and I believe they're sponsored by clone Willy, Willie, which uh, amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is a super fun product, uh, which m- my partner and I Matt, actually did uh, a reveal of our clone of Willy Willie uh-huh. on the podcast one time. And so I tried to, I I'm trying to like, i'd love to speak with them one yeah. of them or both of them ideally and i was like hey since you like clone a willy so much i kind of contact- contacted them on instagram i was like maybe listen to this episode of my podcast <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can get a conversation going so we'll see <laughs> so you said when you're 12 or 13 yeah i i loved uh
1: that podcast, sex is fun and then yep. also like violet blue open source uh, open source sex yeah and then um a few others and I just like I remember being in middle school like walking around with these things in my headphones and just like I had this secret um and everybody like all my friends thought it was really weird uh and then I started like making friends through the internet who were more cool
0: with it more like-minded
1: yeah um and then uh like four and a half ish years ago I started a blog called girly juice which is a name that Kind of makes me cringe now, but, like, I'm also kind of trying to own it. because <laughs> I chose it four and a half years ago.
0: Um, Where did the name choice come from it's, at the time? Uh, uh,
1: it was a phrase that an ex of mine used to describe my vaginal fluids.
0: Yeah, girly juice.
1: And now, like, it's funny because, like, very occasionally I'll have sex with someone who will make some kind of girly juice joke <laughs> in the middle of sex. Like, I was fucking this guy recently who, like, was fucking me with a toy during a threesome. And, um... And I came, and then he like removed the toy and said to the other girl in the threesome, and that's why they call her Girly Juice.
0: <laughs> and I was like, Did you
1: cringe? I A little bit, our- but he just, his delivery was so funny <laughs> that I couldn't even fault him. <laughs> But yeah, so, like, I started the blog, um, it was really small, I didn't think that anything would really come of it, it was just sort of, like, a project to do, uh,
0: What mind. were you writing about at that time? I was writing a lot of sex toy reviews. Yeah. Um... Yeah, because that's the thing you do, right?
1: Yeah, I don't do them as much as I, I used to, because, honestly, I just don't find them as fun or interesting anymore, mm-hmm. like, after a while, all the dildos and vibes just sort of start to blend together, and it, like, takes something really good to get my attention now. Yeah, or
0: some really interesting design. Yeah. A new, like, a really innovative Yeah. Design. Like,
1: really. Like, some companies pretend to be innovative, and they're actually just, like, copying something else that came before, so... Yeah. Yeah, so now I do less reviews and more kind of, like, personal stuff and psychological stuff about kink, and, like, I've, I've broadened my scope.
0: Cool. Um, As far as sex toy reviewing goes, mm-hmm. how does one get into that? Was it just <laughs> toys you had bought and you started talking... To- Writing about them online, or? Um, so the
1: way that I would recommend most folks do it is, is how I did it, which is, like, I reviewed initially stuff that I already owned mm-hmm. to kind of, like, build up a readership and build my style and, and show that I could review things, and then mm-hmm. I started reaching out to companies and being like, I have this readership and I have this space, like, could you send me some stuff to review?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: initially it was, like, really small companies, like, it was, like, Etsy shops that made, mm. like, handmade stuff yeah Yeah. or like kink toys on etsy and stuff like that and uh over time i built up an audience that way and now i get sent stuff from
0: bigger companies Mm -hmm. which you reject because you don't do it anymore (laughs) (laughs) if they're
1: like really amazing i'll do it but
0: (laughs) but otherwise no go
1: yeah my vagina is too good for that stuff
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna waste my time my vagina's time (laughs) And your shitty mock duplicate mm-hmm. of somebody else's toy that yes. I've tried that five thousand times. <laughs> so you did sex toy reviews at the mm-hmm. beginning of your blogging and then what it did, did it did a morph into its I, current formation.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting like I when I started I was kind of hesitant to get too much into my own personal sex life cuz right. it wasn't even like a privacy concern so much as like I didn't think people would find that interesting. Oh,
0: but that's the most interesting. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But I also was like I was like 18 or 19 and like I I didn't have that much sexual experience under my belt. Yeah. <laughs> under my belt. Um <laughs> and so I just thought like it it wouldn't be that interesting, but then I sort of started to like develop my niches and the things that I write about, which like a lot of times is about like how sex interacts with mental health. Cause I have mm. bipolar type two and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also write a lot about, uh, the A spot, which is an erogenous zone that a lot of people don't know about. Yes.
0: I definitely want to talk about that. <laughs> Should we do it now? Yeah. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. <laughs> Should we? Should we? I've been waiting. Um, yeah, the A spot. So we got, we got the G spot. People mm-hmm. know about the G spot. Mm hmm. A spot is what and where? So a lot of people hear the A spot
1: and think that it's like an anal thing. Right. Um, It's not. It stands for the anterior fornix. Um, Mm -hmm. It's also called the AFE zone, which is anterior fornix erogenous zone. Um, Sometimes also called the deep spot. So it's a spot that's on like the same wall as the G spot. It's just deeper. It's like kind of right in front of the cervix. And it's definitely not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like I think probably fewer people are into it than would be into g-spot stuff but Mm -hmm. like for me it is the thing like i i'm not so much into g-spot stuff it can feel really too intense for me and like almost painful or uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but the a-spot is just like this deep feeling where it's like it's the thing that's going to get me off most of the time and so like most of my partners, like, they will know that that is the thing to do.
0: That's the, your jam. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I think I've talked to people that like that really kind of deep feeling. I've even had people say that I like it almost, like, hitting near my cervix, mm-hmm. or, like, but not been able to articulate it as yeah. that's the... ASE spot, or the A spot, Mm -hmm. just said that I like deep, I just like deep, 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 and some girls are like, ugh, that's the last (laughs) thing I want, but like, I've talked to a bunch of people that have a preference for Mm -hmm. that, but I don't think they realize that that's like its own little pleasure spot,
1: Yeah, essentially. Yeah, it was originally um, quote unquote discovered by, um, this like <laughs> scientist who found that it made women lubricate really quickly. And so he was oh. using it as like, he was framing it as a, a possible solution for some female sexual dysfunction issues. Ah. Um, cause it does, it like, for me, at least it makes me like super wet, super fast. Right. Um, but I don't know how much of that is just cause it feels really good to me. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. I don't know if that's like a physiological thing or what, but
0: all yeah. right, and I also don't want to encourage people to go really deep if she's, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like that's if she's not quite prepared, shouldn't
1: be your first line of defense.
0: Yeah, to go just really <laughs> deep. <laughs> and are there? I'm sure there are lots of toys that access this spot. Yeah, actually yeah. I actually
1: have a whole post about a spot toys specifically because like. It's, it's different from a G-spot toy, because often a G-spot toy will have, like, a very intense curve, um, but if you have, like, too intense of a curve, it won't be able to fit all the way in there to hit the A-spot. So, like, what I find is it's good to have a toy that's, like, straight most of the way and then has, like, a small curve on the end.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and then a softer
0: can, curve. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just, like, a subtler. And it has to be, like, a certain length to be able to be long enough to get in there, which, yeah. is, like... A lot of guys who I talk to about the A-spot seem to be concerned that, like, it's going to be a problem if their dick isn't big enough to hit it, but I actually find, like, clever angling uh, can help with that, and I also find fingers are actually the best to hit it. Yeah? Long
0: fingers. Yeah.
1: Every time, like, sometimes I'll be out on a date with a dude and I'll be talking about the A-spot and fingers and stuff, and I'll just see him, like, look at his own hands. Are these gonna do the trick? Or, like, the really (laughs) bold ones will, like, hand me their hand
0: and just be like, what do you think? You can say yay or nay just Mm -hmm. by looking.
1: Yeah, (laughs) essentially, it's not gonna do it for
0: me. (laughs) But you can, but you can hit that spot via intercourse, PIV intercourse as well. Yeah, with clever angling. What kind of, what type of situations do you have to be in, generally?
1: (laughs) Um, so I like a pillow underneath my butt, um, to kind of get in there. It's also helpful if there's, like, a slight upward curve. Like, I have found some To dicks the are, dick? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's just, like, some dicks are not gonna do it, and, like, that's fine. We have other tools at our disposal. Of course,
0: now. yeah.
1: Um, it's, it's interesting that, like, I feel like all the guys I've known who have had really good A-spot dicks for me have been assholes like they're undateable Aww. and it's it just oh, it breaks sad. your
0: heart yeah that's terrible what a waste waste <laughs> what's your favorite a spot toy
1: so my absolute favorite is the fucking sculptures double trouble
0: okay and this is okay i read a great article that you wrote <laughs> on this toy mm-hmm. and it's kind of like your history with this particular sex toy yeah right yeah okay tell us a bit about that because i love this loved reading this <laughs> thank
1: you yeah i get really sentimental about like <laughs> special dates, um, because I keep journals, and so, like, I have all these records of, like, all the dates that things happened, and I celebrate stupid anniversaries for things that don't matter, (laughs) but, like, I noticed recently that my one-year anniversary of owning the Double Travel was coming up, and I was like, what can I do? I wanted to write a post, and then I reached out to Fucking Sculptures, the company that makes it, and they offered to, like, give me one to give away
0: to a reader, which is amazing. Awesome. Um, Do you know anything about that company?
1: I do, yeah. They are based in California, and they make these beautiful um, handmade artisanal glass dildos.
0: It's all glass stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, and they have like, I think five or six different styles that they do. I have a few others from them, but like the Double Trouble was designed in collaboration with Courtney Trouble, the porn star. And Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's just like this big, like heavy S shaped thing. It's like very girthy. It's definitely on the size queen side of the spectrum, Mm -hmm. but, um, for me, it just, like, it hits that spot better than anything else I've tried. I don't the know Noble
0: trouble by fucking sculptures. It's so good. <laughs> and you, on, in this post, you gotta check it out. Where, what's the, uh, My website? My
1: girlyjuice.net.
0: Okay, so check out girlyjuice.net and take a look. Because this is literally, like, a date-by-date date <laughs> recollection <laughs> of you with this toy. yeah. And I do like it as well because, as you're saying, you kind of, you tie it in with, you know, your mental health and what's going on in your life at the moment mm-hmm. and certain times this toy has, like, been there for you yeah. and, like, it's, it's, so, it's really there's a lot of humor in it and, like, it's really truthful and, like, <laughs> vulnerable at times. It's really great. Thank really you. great post. I think the trouble, double trouble would be very proud <laughs> to read this post.
1: I actually just last night was having sex with a, like, long-term fuck buddy of mine. And at one point he was like finger banging me. And I was like, I think I want you to fuck me with a toy. And he goes, Oh, double trouble. And I was like, yeah.
0: And he just like grabbed it out of my, <laughs> he knows what to get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows the one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So back to, uh, kind of your, your history, your journey in sex and sexuality. So you're doing toy reviews mm-hmm. and then it kind of started to tie in more with, uh, your personal mm-hmm. experiences. So what kind of things happened at that time to you?
1: Um, so I think about a year and a half ago, I decided to come out about my, like, who I was, because previously oh. I was just going by girly juice. Oh, okay. And I didn't post pictures of my face, and, like, I was just really scared of, like, linking my sex blog to my name in terms of, like, privacy as well as, like, future employment. Sure. But it just became increasingly clear, like, I was doing more, like, freelance journalism in the sex field, and so, like...
0: Which you would use your name for.
1: Right. And it was just, like, it was hard, um having those two separate identities because sure. I feel like I had achieved so much as girly juice that I wanted to be able to take credit for. And, yeah. And when I was applying for jobs and stuff to be like, I've kept this blog for three years and it's doing really well. Yeah. So yeah, I just decided to come out as Kate Sloan. And at that point it was kind of like, you know, I'd thrown three sheets to the wind or whatever that phrase is. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to just write about whatever, like even if it's vulnerable or scary, at one point, I, I wrote this post about, um, can butt plugs help constipation? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Because one day, I was really constipated, and I was like, mm, I wonder. And I tried it. <laughs> and I wrote it, and, like, I remember I went to this, like, Planned Parenthood, like... Educators conference thing Like a very professional Sexual event And I was like Introducing myself And handing out My business card And this one lady Took my card And saw my blog And like looked it up Right away in front of me Like on, on her laptop, phone Or whatever On her laptop yeah. and, I was, and and that was like The first article That showed up And I was like Yikes But she was just like This is really funny I'm excited to read More from you
0: <laughs> It's amazing yeah. So you were You speak as well Public speak About sex and sexuality As well A little bit A little yeah. bit A little I, bit I'm trying to get into more of that. Into that more, yeah. yeah. What types of things have you spoken about? Um, so I used to do a
1: lot of like education on sex toys. Okay. Um, and like
0: where would you do these talks?
1: I did a, um, like a workshop for the LGBT youth line to give them some like information about sex toys that they could provide to their, uh, their clients. Um, I what else have I done? I've I've spoken a lot about like blogging and writing um in some like at, at the uh Dildo Holiday, I did like a workshop on productivity and generating post ideas. Cool. Um, I was a guest instructor at a sex blogging class. Um, but i'm looking to well, do more things like that i would really like to teach changed. like spanking or like the a spot even cuz yes. like, like, a lot of
0: people don't know a lot about that i think that's a great idea mm-hmm. i know a lot of sex shops do have sex educators you know do workshops and stuff like that mm-hmm. is that that's the idea to kind of yeah maybe team up with some cuz we got some good ones here in toronto you're yeah. a toronto native yep yeah yeah uh, so we got the good for her yeah yeah uh we got the come as you are they're closed now though but they're still online they're online though yeah, yeah they actually are the sponsor for my podcast Oh, nice! so i I love love those folks that come as you are i just ordered a bj dildo from them a bj dildo tell me what is that oh my
1: god it's so cool it's a dildo that's hollow uh has a hole on both ends and it's hollow okay so the idea is that if you (gasps) suction yes (gasps) you can actually feel the suction
0: it's really cool cool so what do you where do you do with it what
1: uh you strap it on and then another person blows you um, <laughs> so
0: a person with uh, a vagina yeah. and a clitoris yeah. straps it on. Yes. Okay. Um, and and then, then a person of whatever sex. Yeah. <laughs> they have a mouth though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna blow it as if they're giving
1: a blowjob to right. a penis. Right. And then the suction is supposed to translate to the clit. And oh my god! I know. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but a female friend of mine volunteered to, to test it <laughs> with <laughs> me, and she's a babe, so I'm very excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you get the toy yet or not? Yeah, yet? I did. Yeah, it's oh my god. It's on
1: my desk right now.
0: What does it look like?
1: It's it just looks like a pretty standard dick. Yeah. Um what
0: color? Or what material?
1: It's silicone. silicone. Um I got a like light flesh tone that matches my skin. I kind of wanted like they make a turquoisey one, yeah, fun, but come as you color. are only stocks the uh the skin tones, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I just as like a cis femme person who doesn't particularly identify with having a dick, sure. I kind of wanted one that was, like, a fun More color. More like a toy. Right. Yeah. But, like, the skin tone's cool. I'm, like, super into BJ porn, so I yeah. think that... Oh,
0: you're gonna love this. Yeah. Oh, my it's... God. <laughs> I would love... Yeah, I want to get some, a strap-on of some kind just to have it be filleted because mm-hmm. that is very erotic for me to yes. think of that. Somebody filleting me, like, filleting totally. my dick. Yeah. I think that's just...
1: I've never... Just tops. I've never had someone do it. And I like, haven't either!
0: Oh, yeah. I feel
1: like so many dudes that I've been with are like kind of threatened by the idea of it or like there's something about it that just puts them off or sure. they say like what would that even do for you you wouldn't even be able to feel it and it's like no That's there's not what it's about psychological and visual things at play for sure
0: yeah so. like with all acts exactly you know yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be sexy what what more do i need to say yeah. about it but with this toy you can feel it yeah hopefully. oh my god how much was it Mine. um I think it was 80
1: with their like sale that they're having right now cool
0: yeah. uh what did you say the company that it's makes it by form function form function oh damn I gotta check that out <laughs> come as you are here I come <laughs> we're gonna take a break if that's all right with you yeah, that is. and we're <laughs> gonna get right back into it with Kate loan. Let me tell you about Come As You Are. Come As You Are is the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop, and they have a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. This means that Come As You Are is able to ensure that their shop reflects diverse genders, orientations, sexualities, and life experiences, rather than just one person's idea of what sex and sexuality products should be about. Come As You Are is never put in a position where they have to bend their personal or professional ethics to please the man. And they're offering a fantastic discount to Bedpost listeners, and that's 15% off at www.comeasyouare.com with coupon code BEDPOST. All you got to do is type in B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you check out at comeasyouare.com to receive this generous discount. I truly hope everyone listening goes to their website to see what these folks and their products are all about. And I truly hope that you enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello and welcome back, everybody. We're here with Kate Sloan. Hello. (laughs) Hello and welcome. (laughs) Welcome back. I'd love to talk about the Dill Dorks a little more, your Mm -hmm. new podcast. Um, How many episodes have you done?
1: think we just posted 11
0: last week congratulations are you
1: enjoying podcasting i am i it's weird i actually did a podcast when i was like 12 for a couple years with my brother (laughs) what was it about it was it was called radio free calamity and it, it was just basically like us talking about like what was going on at school and in our lives and a lot of arguing because we're siblings and we do that.
0: Oh my God. That's funny.
1: Yeah. So I'm returning to podcasting after more than a decade, (laughs) but I'm loving it. Like I really like the audio medium. It's really fun for me. I come from like a radio family. So there's a bit of genetics there. Very cool. Yeah. I'm into it. Like
0: your family was in radio? Like,
1: yeah, my parents actually met when they were both working at a radio station.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Podcasting is in your blood. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, so what, uh, types of topics do you cover for people who haven't heard your podcast? Mm -hmm. So right now, because we're we're still so early into the show, every
1: episode has been about like a pretty basic sexual topic. So like we had one that was about blowjobs and one about cunnilingus and Mm -hmm. one about hand sex and one about butt stuff mm-hmm. um we're hoping to get into like more nuanced um discussions of of like more unusual kinks and things as we go on because mm-hmm. you had one just on kink as well right we wanted to have like a an episode that was sort of like an intro to, intro to our kink. own kinks because um, i think it's important to have like a an understanding of like what these people are coming from before yeah. you listen to them talk about sex yeah right um so like we just did one about sexting. Um, we have one coming out next week, which is a continuation of sexting, and it's specifically about like nude pictures and dick
0: pics and stuff. Ah like that. yes, sending yeah. the pictures. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm a connoisseur of the uh, <laughs> sending the nude pictures. Uh-huh. Very nice. And do you have some ideas for the future beyond that? Some things you'd specifically like to cover?
1: Um, I think that we'd like to do stuff about online dating, like I I know that I think a lot about Tinder and I have a lot of opinions about how folks should go about Tinder. Um, Bex is like big into flirting And yeah. I, I would consider them a flirting expert They are like my go-to person <laughs> Flirter Yeah um, So I think we're going to do some stuff about flirting We also definitely want to do a spanking episode And a threesomes episode Those are both very important awesome. topics to us
0: Yeah, you're still getting through like the basics right. of Yeah, so threesomes, another, another <laughs> cell basic You enjoy the threesomes Yes you're, Do you have a um, I didn't seem this way from what I've listened to on the podcast Do you have a primary partner?
1: Not right now. i uh, I have like probably my steadiest sexual relationship is like a fuck buddy who doesn't even live where I live and is just occasionally visiting. Yeah, he's my favorite person to bang. Uh, yeah, but like right now, I'm not like dating anybody.
0: Yeah. I was just wondering, I'm like, I listen to your podcast and I'm like, you have a great fucking sex life. <laughs> like, and I feel like i what I get from it is you put a lot of energy into it and mm-hmm. you get a lot back from from yeah. it. Generally. That's true.
1: I think that that's the way to do it.
0: Yeah. And I feel like, as well, you know, me doing some work in sex and sexuality as well, it's like a big part of your identity mm-hmm. now. And it's very, like, conscious in the forefront of your mind, yeah. usually. Yeah. Right? Which can be a
1: detriment sometimes. Like, I had a partner break up with me. Uh, and one of the things he said to me in, like, a bitter rage during the breakup was that I made him feel like he was just another tweet or another blog post to Ugh. me, which was like, horrifying to me because I really don't think that I do that like I if I'm tweeting or blogging about a sexual experience it's because it made me happy in the moment and I appreciated it and I want to share that somehow or process it emotionally or whatever yeah but it is something that I'm trying to be more cognizant about is like um not making people feel that way
0: yeah and people's privacy yeah Yeah, I I
1: mean I I definitely don't identify people sure sure um, but I I I don't want people to feel like I'm pursuing sexual experiences just to have something to write about because I'm also pursuing them because they're fun and great. Yeah, because
0: sex is fucking fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I have a friend that does like a he's a storyteller in Toronto and he does produces a lot of storytelling shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the bat the battle is usually like he sometimes he'll pursue just crazy situations just mm-hmm. for the sake of telling the story later. Yeah. So, yeah, she, he's had l- lots of times where he's like been out with the girl and she knows he's what he does. <laughs> She's like, only if you don't talk about this on stage, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very valid thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Same with me and my partner, Matt McCready. Um, who I do name by full name, first and last name, Um, you know, you do your best to talk about sex, but also respect, you know, as much as possible his, you know, he's not, he's not a podcaster about sex and sexuality, (laughs) (laughs) but do you want to just go through maybe the episodes of, uh, do you have a favorite that you've done as well? Maybe we should ask that first. I think probably my
1: favorite is the one that's about to come out, which is about, Nudes and selfies and dick pics. Cause cool. I, I feel like we we're kind of hitting our stride. We're like we're being a little bit informative and a little bit informational, but also just like sharing experiences. Like we tell this goofy story in the episode about a nude that we once took together on a highway in Wisconsin <laughs> in the middle of a rainstorm. Wow. Um. And I I just love sharing like goofy stories like that because I think like part of our whole thing is that our approach to sex is very like silly and like we don't take it too seriously, which I think like all of my favorite sex that I've had has just been like grown up playtime. Yes. And I love emphasizing that side of it. Cause I think people get so stressed
0: out about sex and it's like, yeah. just chill. It can just be fun. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. yeah. And I get that it's like layered. It's very layered, mm-hmm. you know, with like emotionally. And as you were talking about earlier with your mental health and mm-hmm. everything and just how you're where you're at, you know, there's yeah. there can be a lot going on, but the root of it should be like fun and lovely, yeah, and together time, mm-hmm. adult playtime yeah. for sure. So, that one's coming up soon. Just in general, you did kink episode. Mm-hmm. What kind of things did you talk about in your kink episode?
1: Um, so me and Bex are both on the sort of submissive end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. um, but in pretty different ways. Bex identifies as a pup. Uh, which is, uh, it, it's not exactly, like, being a furry, because there's no, like, costumes involved. It's not really being a literal dog. It's uh-huh. more of just, like, the idea of, like, being a service sub in this way that is called a pup. Okay. Um, and I'm more of, like, a good girl princess type of sub. Yeah. Um, so we talked <laughs> what about- What
0: does that entail, just for um, people?
1: so sometimes it's, like, kind of age play stuff where, like, I'm kind of role-playing as, like, a 12-year-old girl or whatever. Yep. Um, but mostly it's, it's not that explicit. It's just sort of like I become this sort of smaller, shyer, more subservient version of myself Mm -hmm. in a sexual scene. And, um, I, I've always been a teacher's pet my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's very closely entwined with my sexuality.
0: Do you play teacher student sometimes? I haven't. Oh my God. You totally should. (laughs) I need like a
1: domly yeah. person in a blazer with elbow patches
0: oh yeah yes. with some tweed happening Oof, yeah. yeah okay so you talk about kind of the difference even just in the sub-spectrum mm-hmm. all the differences that one can identify with yeah just on that end of the spectrum yeah and I think Very we cool. also
1: we talked a little bit about like how kink interacts with our mental health because that's mm. like a really important thing for both of us like um when I'm having a really bad depression or anxiety day, if like a dom partner tells me, okay, you have to go do your laundry, or, like you have to eat properly. And if you do, maybe you'll be rewarded in some way. Like that's a really helpful thing for me. Like when I can't make myself do a thing, a dominant person can sometimes make me do the thing.
0: Okay. I thought you were going to actually say the opposite where if you're not in a good kind of mental state, cause I have found this, mm-hmm. if you're not in a good mental state, having kind of a domish person telling you to do stuff, kind of hasn't been helpful for me Mm -hmm. because I'm just, like, not, I don't know. Yeah, you're very correct in how you're saying, like, kink and specifically subdom play Mm -hmm. can be very tied in with, like, your emotions. And because there's something very, very base and very raw about that role play and very truthful, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of a line to dance along. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: And, like, because I've done so much work around kink and mental health, like, I've definitely heard from a lot of people who say that they feel the opposite that I do, that it doesn't help them. Mm -hmm. And I get that, because, like, sometimes when you're really depressed or anxious, whatever, like, you're not in a sexy headspace. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it's, like, not always necessarily a sexy thing. It's it's more just, like, when I'm depressed, sometimes I sort of regress to being, like, a younger or a smaller version of myself. Mm -hmm. And... Someone who wants and craves um, direction and being told what to do. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm with someone who understands that and isn't just being a jerk about it and can help me like navigate the hurdles
0: of my life through kink, that can be really cool. Mm-hmm. Another episode you talked about was handies, <laughs> hand sex. Yeah. Which I-, I like that term, hand sex.
1: Because it, it encompasses like a whole lot of different things. Because you got like hand jobs, finger banging. Um, Like, external fingering, fisting. Mm -hmm. There's, like, so many different fun things you can do with your hands.
0: Yeah, and I've heard a sex educator talk about um, toys that are specifically the width of fingers Mm -hmm. and perhaps the length of fingers as well. And it's like, you know, rather than perhaps going out and getting that toy so quickly, maybe, you know, use the (laughs) ten little sex toys that you have attached to your palms, you know. Uh, And, uh, Mm -hmm. oh, this made me think of um, kind of a recent episode of yours where you stated that It was about PIV sex, Mm -hmm. so penis and vagina, like... Intercourse. Yeah, intercourse, (laughs) coitus, Uh heteronormative sex, as a lot of people, when they think sex, they think of PIV. Cock banging. Yeah, they think (laughs) of the cock bang. And you feel, you wrote an article, I feel, where you Mm -hmm. kind of said, you don't think PIV sex is really (laughs) a thing anymore. Yeah, well,
1: like what happened was a magazine editor friend of mine asked me to pitch her some stories about sexual culture in Canada. And Mm -hmm. I was like racking my brain. Cause like, what do I know about like, all I know is like my little pocket of sexual culture. Right. Sure.
0: Which is very progressive, liberal Toronto.
1: Yeah. But what I've found like kind of looking at my sexual experiences over the past year is that probably like half of the men I have had sex with have not been that into PIV. um, Oftentimes for reasons of like sensitivity and not wanting to use condoms. Um, sometimes just because it doesn't feel that good for them compared to other things. And like, mm-hmm. I know that for me, it's not like the main thing that gets me off. So like, oftentimes I would rather do other things. Mm-hmm. I did get like a lot of people like kind of angry. Some blowback. That I, that I said that. Cause like, I'm definitely not trying to argue that PIV is like over <laughs> or that nobody wants to do it or that it's never it. good. <laughs> I, w- I was having sex with my fuck buddy last night. And, like, very seriously, before we started having sex, he was like, so I listened to your podcast. I just <laughs> wanted to know that, like, if you're not that into PIV, we don't have to do it. And I was like, no. Like, no, I'm into it. It's just... It's got to be right. Like, the stars have to align. It really, like, I have to be in the mood for it. Also, like, certain dicks, I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's just, just... Don't do it for you. Yeah,
1: I don't know. They just don't hit my spots or something. Yeah. I don't know.
0: And that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, so you're saying the reasons you feel like people don't do it anymore. Something you mentioned was, like, fear of getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. So some people just don't, right? And another thing was condom use. Some guys just don't want to wear the condom, and they'd rather not have sex. Yeah. Right? And I think another thing,
1: which I didn't get to say on the podcast, but which is in the article I wrote, is that piv for men especially is framed as a performance and it's so much about like stay hard and like go for a long time And it's like it's it has all this like toxic masculinity like yeah. hype around it i right. think a lot of dudes get really stressed out about that and and it's like it's more relaxing
0: when they don't have to yeah
1: yeah your hands never get soft you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. the bones are just there always yeah. it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I find my personal experience, I don't get off that way, mm-hmm. so not to talk about me and Matt too much, as I just <laughs> no, said <please>. I <laughs> wanted to protect <laughs> privacy, but I've talked about this before um, on the podcast, where... We don't will have some sex because we both really enjoy it, mm-hmm. but we neither of us ever get off that way mm-hmm. anymore. So we'll do some sex, some regular intercourse, coitus, <laughs> coital activity, <laughs> the um, and then we will move on to get each other off yeah. through the ways we get off, yeah. which are not related to <laughs> PIV sex, right? right. And Same thing, like, I'm not on birth control pill. I'm not on, Mm -hmm. I don't have a NuvaRing or or anything in me. (laughs) So that's the other reason that uh, we don't get off that way. Yeah. as well, is right. the pregnancy thing which we mentioned, yeah. and Matt like has now found some condoms that fit him better, but he's had some really ill-fitting condoms <laughs> like, and he's just got a bad perception of them which is silly, because it's like, if that one doesn't fit you try another one, yeah. which we have mm-hmm. Um, so now he has a better fitting condom, for when he needs it like when we're playing with other people and stuff like that yeah. but for him and I we don't, <laughs> so So that has kind of just morphed all those things. I've just kind of morphed our sex life into, Mm -hmm. as you're saying, hand sex and oral sex and all that type of stuff rather than PIV, even though we are two cis people, mm-hmm. you know, he's a cis guy and I'm a cis gal, Yeah, we don't that's not the main part of our sex yeah. at I, all. I think that that's great and I think
1: like part of what's fantastic about being sexually active in the 21st century is that our sexual relationships are so customizable Yeah, like you don't have to follow the script of what you're supposed to do
0: you can do whatever that you you do want. You can do whatever and yeah. there are so many things to facilitate the whatevers. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> I really like that, that article and when you talked about that on the podcast because I'm like, yes I identify with that. Yay. Though I'm sure there are tons of people that still have P I V sex. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but I'm, we're not really one of them. Like, we have it, but we don't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's This is going to come out around Christmas time, mm-hmm. or kind of around New Year's time. And something you mentioned on the podcast was that you have, you have sex goals. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking maybe you have some sex goals for the new year, like some New Year type yeah. resolution stuff to talk yeah. about.
1: Yeah, so one of the things, I had set myself four sex goals for 2016, Mm -hmm. and I made three of them happen. The fourth one was getting fisted. (laughs) And that has just not happened. Like, last week, I was seeing my fuck buddy, and he's, like, the person who I trust the most and kind of would like him to be my first fister. And I was, like, going down on him and, like, in the middle of the blowjob, (laughs) suddenly remembered I wanted to ask him that. Looked up from the blowjob and was like, hey, do you want to fist me this week? And he, like, got very nervous. He was like, my hands are really big. I I don't don't know. Yeah, so like I've had a bunch of people on the internet offer to make this happen for yeah. me, but I'm like I really want to do it with someone I really trust yes. and know well. So I'm I think I'm going to like roll it over to 2017 to be So one of my fisting. Goals. Yeah. Vaginal
0: fisting we're talking. About. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um another thing is that like I'm bisexual but I have never actually done things to the bits of someone who has a vulva. Ah. Um I have like had sex with a few women but like it's always been them doing stuff to me a lot of times because like they had gender feels and like didn't want to
0: receive okay um and the threesomes you mentioned you're in the room with ladies yeah I've sort of like
1: done boob stuff to other ladies (laughs) done boob stuff
0: I done boob
1: stuff (laughs) (laughs) I've done things to the boobs um and like made out with them and stuff but like every time I kind of get to town, i'm just like yeah what do i do and then i freak out and don't do it and then don't yeah so i would like to do that i think that i would have to because i have anxiety i would have to like set up a situation that would feel really safe for me mm-hmm. so probably
0: friends i don't know what exactly that would entail but and then again with a person that you probably trust and yeah. know pretty well yeah. and they're not gonna judge you you know yeah because like not...
1: i'm always worried that like i'll start to do it and then <laughs> realize i super don't like it and then
0: have to back the fuck out <laughs> like so rude so I just wanted to be with
1: someone who won't take that person
0: yeah like... who gets that it's your first time and you want to do it yeah. you know your brain wants to do it but we'll see what happens right. once I'm like
1: I don't think I'm gonna like throw up but no. like
0: I don't know right yeah like... you honestly don't know yeah. yeah you'll probably be fine I feel like but <laughs> and you know what it's um it's a lot easier than cis guys would make us believe oh really Like, it would seem that, I don't know, maybe it's just from my history of having terrible, getting, receiving terrible cunnilingus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It would have me believe that it's really hard. Yeah. But it's not. It's listening. I mean, listening and watching. Yeah,
1: I would hope that, like, my own intuitive knowledge of my own situation. Of having a vulva, vulva, yeah, yeah, might help you out a bit. But I don't. I always kind of feel like my genitals are super weird in what I like. Other people don't like because like a lot of my favorite erogenous zones people have never heard of.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> Though it is true, it, like every per- partner obviously is different yeah. in what they like. So yeah, what you like won't exactly translate. Yeah. But I feel like you could you could have play around and figure I'll it out it pretty easily. We'll so that give that a shot in twenty seventeen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would really like to. Have sex at a sex club. Um, yeah. Because, like, I did, like, a porn shoot at Oasis, our sex club in Toronto one time, and that's the only time that I've had sex there. And it was, like, a shoot. So, like, I mean, I did actually have an orgasm, which oh, yeah? I was really surprised about, but, like, it was performative. I would like to have sex with, like, an actual <laughs> real-life partner there. Not an actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was great. I adore her. Uh-huh. Um, but we were just friends. Mm-hmm. And I like one of my goals for this year was to have sex with someone significantly younger than me. Um, Ooh. So like I'm 24, I had sex with someone who was 21. But I actually kind of feel like even though I technically did that, I don't think that I achieved the spirit of what I wanted to achieve because... <laughs> Which he was, is what? He was a really mature 21-year-old. So, like, I kind of wanted... Like I
0: a, vir- know, a virgin, maybe. essentially. <laughs>
1: like, I, I, I kind of eroticized the idea of, like, teaching someone the ropes. Yeah, yeah. And I've never taken someone's virginity ever, so, yeah. like, I kind of wanted to do that. And maybe that's, like, a weird goal, and I feel like <laughs> if I did it, it would, it would be extremely disappointing... Like, I kind of want to do it.
0: Yeah. The eroticism is there. The fantasy is there. Yeah. The last question I want to ask you, uh, since it's around Christmas time, by the time this is coming out, I know you probably own a whole bedside drawer full of sex toys but one drawer (laughs) exactly in my chesterfield uh, i have an entire room devoted to the sex toys i have three different sets of drawers of sex toys yes (laughs) awesome but is there one if somebody really wanted to do something really nice for you this christmas is there one that they could give you so, do you know Enjoy?
1: Yes. Yeah, so they make those beautiful like stainless steel toys. Yeah. I have a lot of Enjoy stuff including the 11, which is kind of the one that everybody covets, but mm-hmm. one thing I don't have by them that I want is the Pure Plug 2.0, which is just, like, a massive steel butt plug, because mm-hmm. I kind of want to, like, push my butt's boundaries, <laughs> push and it's, my like, butts. it's really huge and heavy. I just feel like it, I would feel, like, such a badass.
0: <laughs> Wearing that thing. Badass. <laughs> badass. <laughs> Good ass, more like. <laughs> Um, this has been amazing, Kate. We're basically at time. Mm-hmm. Can you tell our listeners about where they can find you, where yeah. they can find your writing and your podcast and all that stuff?
1: Yeah. So my blog is girlyjuice.net. Uh, I have a portfolio for like all my journalism and essays and other writing, which is at katewritesaboutsex.com. Uh, our podcast is at thedildorks.com and folks can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My username there is girly underscore juice
0: girly juice yeah to the girly juice (laughs) Kate, this has been fantastic thank you so much for having oh my god my pleasure everyone this has been kate sloan and i'm Erin pym and this has been the bedpost podcast do check back often because we release a new episode every friday and if you want to see bedpost live the variety stage show runs at the social capital theater the third friday of every month at eight however there is no show in december so we will see you in the new year For more information on everything Bedpost, please visit us on Facebook at Bedpost Erotica or on Instagram at The Bedpost Sex Show. Lastly, the Bedpost podcast features original music by Stephanie Copeland, so please check her out on Facebook or at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com.